Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Okay, were you trying to say grown folks? Like, grown folk business. Okay. Why did I spell it wrong? No, I just was like, what the hell is mean grown folk business? Because you stupid. You don't even know how to read. You have asylum, and now you don't know how to read folk. <laughs> God damn, dude. <laughs> now I just feel bad for you. I don't even want to joke. <laughs> that's what that's what shit starts getting real fucked up. Like I don't want to joke, I just feel bad for you. <laughs> as soon as somebody starts pitying you, you're like, I'm gonna punch you in the fucking face now. <laughs> so now we're not fucking around. See, <laughs> now now I'm being I'm being real right now. It's like now now I'm being now, now just, you hurt my feelings. You're just being stupid now. Yeah. <laughs> Stop being stupid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You just being, you know what? Now you're just being mean, <laughs> and I don't like it. <laughs> and I know your mama raised you better than that. I ain't about it. All right. What you what you want? What you what you want? Everybody to the Lazy Geeks Podcast. I am Stephen Vargas here with me via Skype, live and not in person. Adam, a motherfucking Riley. Not really live either. <clears throat> how are you Just not say, live? How are you? How be, are you not live? Because they're gonna listen to it later. Yeah, but to them that's live. After heavy editing. <laughs> 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 All the copyright infringement shit we got to take That's out right. of this, you know. That's right. <laughs> well, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, first thing I want to say is we have a short roundtable this this week because apparently nothing happened to Adam at all this week. I've just been working, man. Yeah, but don't. I mean, what about the bitches? Okay, what about the bitches and the hoes and um, you know? I stopped smoking normal cigarettes. And, and you I went, went to the crack. And, and I went to the crack. <laughs> I went to um, the the vaping, the vaporizer, which I've tried in the past, but now I'm making a really solid go at it. <laughs> so that that's what I did this week. 
I quit smoking tobacco. Okay, <laughs> I'm stop. I stopped smoking tobacco and I went to the crack rock. Mm-hmm. Because it's working out great. Yeah, um, not so much economical, but you know, <laughs> can't imagine the weight that I've lost. <laughs> <laughs> and he's scratching that. You know what? In, in, in fact, can you can you pause the podcast for a little bit? <laughs> I don't call it scratching. I call it exfoliating. <laughs> exfoliating. Don't worry about me. That's all I'm saying. Because <laughs> you got this. I got this. <laughs> uh, but uh, one of the cool things about being timely with this podcast is record Sunday night to release uh, Monday. Is uh, we get to be, you know, a little, a little bit uh, live and late breaking, because today we heard about who's going to be the new doctor. So, oh yeah. Yeah. So in case you were living under a rock yesterday, or simply don't know about Doctor Who, in which case one, you're doing it wrong, and two, you may have missed the revelation of the twelfth Doctor to take. That to take the sonic screwdriver once Matt Smith leaves the position in the upcoming Christmas special. In a live telecast event broadcast all around the world at the same time, Whovians were able to see the face of the newest Doctor at the same instance. Peter Capaldi has been selected as the new Doctor. Having been a, f- uh, having been a fan himself, he said he was playing the Doctor since he was nine. So fans can relax knowing that a fan is in the role. If you don't know who the man is... You can recently you can um, you can see him recently in World War Z with Brad Pitt, and he appeared in the, as the perpetual swearing UK Prime Minister, press secretary, and Veep creator um, in Veep creator Armando Yancucci's 2009 feature in the Loop, and he is currently filming the BBC drama The Musketeers. The actor is also in Disney's upcoming Maleficent with Angelina Jolie, according to Deadline. Uh, Doctor Who fans may remember him from the 2008 episode, The Fires of Pompeii, in which he played a merchant in ancient Rome opposite David Tennant. Filming of the new series is slated to begin in October with the debut sometime in 2014. Smith is currently set to return to the UK to film the Christmas episode, which is slated for uh, release on Christmas Day. So... That should be interesting. Now everybody can go from, as they normally do, they went from the 50th anniversary, what's going to be in the 50th, what's going to happen, to who's going to be the new Doctor. Now that the new Doctor is, it's like, what's the Christmas special going to be about? So that will... Yeah, just moving moving forward. Moving forward, as the internet does. (laughs) Um, But unlike you this week, I actually did a couple of little things. Went to the Natural History Museum of Los Angeles. Um, hey, I'm happy for you. All right, that, you know that shit. Was, shit. That shit was cool because you know what? I was getting my education on. That's right. Because that's how bosses do it. That's right. That's right. And uh, so that that was a lot of fun. Oh wait, I did do something this week. I played a lot of Lord of the Rings online. There you go. Oh, how is that now that you're back on it again? Um, I'm enjoying it. Uh, this is the first time with your new your new computer, right? Or your oh, it look it, it looks amazing. I play it on fully full, fully full, fully. Yeah, full. that's not, right. not a partial uh, erect, but fully erect. Right, right. ring kind of erect. Right, and I'm I'm enjoying it. I've but I've been doing some game hopping. Like I was checking out EverQuest two, which is a little less impressive, but. <laughs> 
See, I want to like EverQuest 2 because there's so much to do in it. But the graphics are keeping me at arm's length. So... Is it kind of like the girl you did before when you were younger and you see her now and she's kind of like... Had a couple kids. Yeah. Um, well, no, I mean, the game, it looks okay. It's just it's just not... It doesn't look as good as Lotro. Mm. And it's hard when you're game hopping. Like, I don't... Graphics aren't the most important thing to me, but it's, it's hard when you're game hopping. You go from one game that looks really fucking good and one of those games where I'll come over a hill and I'll just stop and go, Jesus... Because the, the whole thing looks good, and then I go to another game that just looks blah. <laughs> but it might be just because I'm in one of the older areas, but it will take me months to get out of that area, so I don't really know. I don't know. I just don't know. You know what I say to that? KK? YOLO. 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 YOLO, bitches! <laughs> um, I saw the to-do list, which is... Kind of a smaller, smaller budget film. Um, had uh, had this chick from Park and Rec in it, and that it, chick is cute. Dude. Yeah, it was. It's it's an interesting movie. Like the premise is interesting. This girl has been a virgin the entire time, and she realizes that in order to go to college, she needs to do to have sex before she goes to college. Because apparently, according to her sister Rachel Bilson, it she's supposed to who's hot. It's herself. Um, she needs to have sex before she goes there because she's going to have copious amounts of sex. Um, so Bilson, Bilson is is stupid hot. Yeah, and like, she's a when... full on bitch sister too, and it's actually really funny the way they the way she plays the the, the older sister in this one. Yeah, I remember when um, Bilson first came on TV the first time I ever saw her, and I was talking to my wife, and she was talking, and I went. Shh. <laughs> I was like, who the fuck is that? Just, yeah. saying, just a little step into my life, you know. <laughs> a little step into your life. Yeah. yeah. But I mean it was it was kind of it was a little disappointing because it had the potential of being funnier. Like the script kinda had it, but some of the acting kinda didn't deliver. I mean they had fucking David um uh uh what's his name? Bill Hader, uh Donald Glover. Mm-hmm. Andy Samberg. It's yeah. a pretty big names in it. Yeah, you know, you you have those people in it, but some of the dialogue was just like fell a little flat. And and the the uh, I was seeing it with my with uh, my girl, and she was like, "Did the guy seem a little homoerotic in a lot of ways?" And I go, "Yeah, kind of. They kind of did that questionable, you know, like the 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 little." You know, it's just that moment of like, um, what what are they doing? You know? <laughs> was, yeah, like trying to be funny, but it wasn't. But it kind of came. They did it too much. Yeah, they kind of take that took that little step of like, that's kind of funny, but hoping that they're not actually being really real. Uh, but all in all, I mean, it was it was kind of disappointing. They had some good stuff in there. Definitely looked like 1993. Um, the Trapper Keepers, the Metallic Markers, all that shit. Oh, I miss Trapper Keepers, dude. I know, right? I miss them. <laughs> I used to love those. Fights. I had one that it was all white, and it had a drawing on it, and it was a dog that um, was eating something, and it says, I don't I don't have my homework because my dog ate my brain. <laughs> it was, I, I loved it. 
I loved it. Oh yeah, I had the Trapper Keepers too, and just it was also there was like all sorts of like retro shit in there, and you're like like the phone you could see through, and you know all of that stuff. It was just like the cool little stuff like that, and the um uh the guy that played Coulson in um the Avengers, he was in it, and he played the dad, which is actually pretty funny, and I like that guy. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean it's it's definitely a rental. But yeah, you could you don't have to see it in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. It's not necessary. It really isn't. And who knows? You may like it more when it's on the little screen. So. Yeah, because that always um, amplifies the movie's quality. <laughs> Sometimes it does. Well, it's the homey fit because you're you're at home. You're. Yeah. You don't feel like you've wasted a million dollars to. Yeah. yeah. Drinking a little bit and you know got a little wine and then you're buying it when it's five dollars in the clearance rack, you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Just crying yourself. Sleep. <laughs> your knees against your chest. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think it's time we get in some news. Watch Bridget Jones for the fiftieth time. Oh Jesus. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> yeah, let's get let's get right into the news. All right. Well, if you have Time Warner Cable, and you happen to live in oh I don't know say. New York or Los Angeles, you're fucking hating life right now, because uh, apparently Time Warner and CBS are not even are not friends. They're not Facebook friends. They're not following each other on Twitter. They're not even following each other on Instagram. Not even on Google Plus page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because apparently negotiations failed to reach an agreement in their retransmission deal. And uh, shortly after 5 p.m. Eastern on Friday, 3.5 million Time Warner customers in L.A., New York, and Dallas lost programming for the CB-owned local stations. And all 11.7 million Time Warner subscribers lost Showtime, TMC, Flix, and Smithsonian. The Los Angeles customers also lost CBS-owned independent station, which I don't see is how it's an independent station. It's still owned by CBS. Uh, KCAL, which broadcasts some Dodger games. Uh, according to CBS, in a graphic on those blacked-out stations, it says CBS has demanded an outrageous increase in programming that CBS delivers free over the air and online. However, um, if you do try to go if you have time warner cable and you try to go on the internet to see them apparently um, cbs has decided to block customers that are using time warner cable internet to view cbs shows mm-hmm. so unlike amc which i gave emc credit for when they had that fallout with dish they were like you know what dish doesn't want to show us that's fine come over watch it online you have to watch it live. Go ahead, check us out, because we like you. So in this instance, with that in mind, it's you already know that it's CBS is the one that's really at fault. Because if they're doing that, that solely means they're the ones that told Time Warner to stop showing our shit. Because they're not doing anything to you know embrace the customer. However, Time Warner, um, in an update coming from uh, Deadline... Time Warner Cable says it will give a credit to Showtime and TMC subscribers based on the number of days those channels are not available to them. Uh, it won't extend the policy to broadcast and basic um, cable services, though, because the whole package contain, continues to prove value. 
to provide value. So, um, yeah, it, there doesn't seem to be an end in sight at this moment. However, according to at press time, which is about 11 p.m. on a Sunday, it doesn't <laughs> seem like anything's really going to be happening. And they even have discussions over the weekend. So as you can see, no one gives a shit about you. Nobody. 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 Hey, baby. I guarantee you they'll get the CBS shit ironed out before the Big Bang Theory happens. Segway. <laughs> That's a segue, but also the truth. But let's keep it real, dude. Well, it was like, fun- what was funny. Uh, just a quick side note. Uh, when I was um, when I was with my girl, we were driving, and we're listening to the the radio, and it's like Time Warner cable subscribers, be ready for a um, for Time Warner to stop broadcasting CBS programming, and I'm like, wait, this is like end of July, beginning of August. What's on there right now? You'll be able to see your repeats. Yeah, and they're like, you'll miss um, t- new programming like Big Brother and uh, NBA Action. And, and I'm like going, you know what? I know, exactly. I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm thinking in my head, I'm thinking, you know what would have been a better fucking ad would have been like, you won't be able to see, well, wait, this is August, repeats of the Big Bang Theory. or yeah. no! <laughs> <laughs> Which just went into syndication. You can watch on other channels. I know, right? Um, no, honestly, the, but stuff like this is bad for cable companies because they don't have contracts. Yeah. So people could be like, man, fuck this. Yeah. And just bounce out. But when it happens to a satellite company, you're just screwed. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're out of contract like I am. All right. Anyway, Sega's a segue. <laughs> I'm in contract with DirecTV, so if they slip up, I'm fine. The slippery slope that I'm on. So, American TV's number one entertainment series, The Big Bang Theory, is in full swing with no signs of slowing down. The series recently went into syndication, and it seems like it's always on, which is a good thing for most people, including me. It's kind of nice. Season six of the show is set to hit Blu-ray on Saturday, or I'm sorry, September 10th, (laughs) Saturday 10th, Um, 10th. (laughs) and will feature even more behind-the-scenes footage and special features. Quote, 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 Stoke. Each season of The Big Bang Theory gets more people to fall in love with the most lovable scientists on television, proven by the over 21 million fans, says Rose, Rosemary Maxson, WBHE Senior Vice President, TV and Special Interest Marketing. Jesus. Um, the Big Bang Theory continues to fire on all cylinders, given... Explosive growth in DVD sales, CBS viewership, and syndication syndication viewers. We can't wait to send another amazing season home for all fans to enjoy. Season 6 of TBBT. I wanted to be cool, so I put the abbreviation. (laughs) Saw a few milestones in the series with Leonard, uh, played by Johnny Galecki, and Pennies, played by Kelly Kugel. Shows their ups and downs in their relationship. Howard played by Simon Helberg, spent a large part of the season on the International Space Station and saw his relationship with Bernadette, Melissa Raj, uh, being further developed. Raj, Kunal Nahar, I think, (laughs) and the start of his awkward relationship with Lucy, I don't know her real name, carry on, and Amy Mayim Bialik, Bialik, I don't know why I put everybody's real name, 
and Sheldon's <laughs> Jim Parsons um, develop further, <laughs> albeit not that much closer to intimacy. So if you want to see what special features are on the Blu-ray, head over to LazyGeeks.com, search for Big Bang Theory. It's probably on the front of the page still. Um, but they have like the final comedy frontier featurette, uh, Howard and Bernadette, actor Simon Helberg and Melissa Ranch discuss the impact of Howard's mission to space. A lot of stuff in regards to their, um, to Howard's mission to space and stuff like that. Um, so check it out. And of course, fucking gag reel and delete scenes. You know, that's all you want to see anyway. Oh yeah. Shit. (laughs) Moving on. on. Right into uh, gaming news. One of the biggest additions to come out of Deep Silver is their latest edition of the, for their upcoming Saints Row 4. Now, we have had Game of the Year editions as long as I can remember, but it seems that they wish to do it up just a little bit more. Get ready for Deep Silver's Saint Row 4 Game of the Generation Edition. Yeah, you re- yeah I know. You, you, read, you heard that correctly. The publisher will be only making 5,000 copies of the exclusive package for a price of $130. For that steep price, you will get all the contents of their other special editions, as well as a light-up rotating display case with an individual numbered plaque, according to CVG. Emperor Ziax Game of the Generation Edition will run alongside the previously announced Commander-in-Chief Edition, and the Super Dangerous Wub-Wub Edition. Uh, Yes, because we all know that everyone needs more than one special edition of a game that will hit North America on August 20th and Europe on the 23rd. Did you you just say the Wub-Wub Edition? Yep. Super Dangerous (laughs) Wub-Wub Edition. The Dubstep Edition or something? Pretty much. Yeah. If you want to read all the individual contents, including the America weapon... Um, you just need to go to the lazygeeks.com. America. 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 YOLO. YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to something that Adam's important. A, you might actually hear Adam orgasm several times during this next story. Much like every other podcast. <laughs> so, um... Geek, geek, geek. <laughs> we finally got the reveal. Uh, for EverQuest Next. And right off the bat, I'm going to tell you I don't like the name, EverQuest Next. <laughs> I just think that, just make it EverQuest 3. Like, why, why? Why do we have to do that? But that's okay. It's because Microsoft did Xbox One. Instead it's of... stupid. It made no <laughs> damn sense. So, anyway. It made no damn sense. <laughs> right off the bat, I'm going to list... Okay, so I, I was going to write a whole feature about Real Business fucking this week. <laughs> So I'm going to just read MMORPG.com's um, <laughs> Susie Ford wrote this. Amazing. She writes a lot of good stuff. This is a good site, though. If you're into MMOs and you don't know about MMO, MMORPG.com, you know what's up because they, they really give you the news that you want. Um, I'm serious. I'm no, I'm just saying they're trying to give you, no, they're trying to give you the news that you want, not what we give you. No, I'm t- you know what, dude? Shut the fuck up. Let me read <laughs> Um, yeah, pretty much, though. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, right off the bat, I'm just, I'm gonna list the five things that this game is really bringing to the table, something that popped off. Um, one, the world is a living, breathing, constructible, destructible one. So, what that means is, and, and, um, I don't know if Steve watched the video that I sent him, he probably didn't. Um, 
the world is completely destructible. So it's made – I forget what they called it, but it's made out of a bunch of little pieces like the code. So everything is destructible. So and, – and the cool thing is is this world is um, – they were saying that it's uh, bigger than EverQuest and EverQuest 2 combined. That's what I was hearing. And that's pretty fucking big. Uh, and um, not only – but see, it's not just top land. And in the sky, but there's underground now too. So this whole th- there's layers of things going on that's just out of this world, like it's crazy stuff. And then you could be fighting. They showed in a video you could be fighting somebody, and and he the bad dude smashes the ground, and a hole opens up, and the two heroes fall down the hole. Now they're in some big like labyrinth, and then they just have to start fighting something else. And it had nothing to do with a quest. It just happened <laughs> because that's just how the world was. Like, I thought that was sick. Like, I was like, what? What? Um, number skate, two. Skate, 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 skate. Number two. Things the team envisioned needed to be technically possible, they are. That just means um, everything the team wanted to do in previous EverQuest, they can do now. Because the technology's there. So we're seeing a lot of things that you might have heard whispers of back in the EverQuest 2 days. Um, or even the EverQuest days that just weren't possible with technology. I mean, it's some big-time stuff going on. So, number three, the game would feature player-facing tools, the same ones that developers themselves use. The same... the, the Oh, this... So, this is dope. So, if you have a camera on your computer... So, you know how, like, in MMOs, you can have emote, emotes, backslash smile, backslash spit, backslash whatever. Right. So, if you have a camera... It tracks your face. And they did this on stage, and it looked fucking sick. It tracks your face. Everything you do on your face happens on your character's face. You want to wink. You want to smile. You want to grimace. You stick your tongue out. Everything. And he was doing it, and it was totally legit. Hmm. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, that's sick. No more backslash bullshit. I'm just going to look at the camera and be like, bleh. <sighs> Number four. Characters needed a more substantial, weightier feel to them and be able to express themselves through body language. So, yeah, the characters are – the characters look kind of large compared to the world at first. Um, but then I kind of – everything kind of fell into place. But they're pretty cool because every – they – it's kind of hard to explain. Like MMOs are kind of – everything looks very stoic. Like you have a certain set of – um actions that you'll see your character do and it's always the same but these these characters they just look fluid man they just look like they were doing what they had to do like they they weren't they look real more real basically Mm -hmm. um which i thought was cool like cool little stuff like they're running through something and when they get to a they're sliding down a hill instead of the typical mmo where it just kind of still looks like it's standing and it just falls Right. This this dude like slides down the hill like you would see like a normal just a ah, you know it was it was badass like it was really fluid. So uh, basically what I'm trying to say is the graphics are the shit. Um, <laughs> so it gives for a more connected world and everything else. So another thing that's coming out is um, EverQuest Landmark. So what this is going to allow you to do is you can build um, things in the world. So like. It kind of looks like Minecraft a little bit because you're building blocks, but then the the thing will smooth it out, and you can change the size of the blocks. You get real detailed. And it, he did a time lapse video. It took him 20 minutes to make kind of this ruin thing. It was pretty dope. Now the cool thing is, is you can they have like a player workshop. I can't remember what it's called, and um, you can 
you can build things like either like outfits or just whole freaking buildings and stuff and you can sell it for real world money so the way it is is people will buy it obviously everquest gets that cut and then you get you get a percentage of that real world money like i'm like that's kind of dope and then not only that they're gonna have this huge landmass that's dedicated to look a certain way because it's going to fit into the storyline and they're going to have because landmark is coming out first so they're going to tell all the players everybody just build shit build shit that you want to be in here and then the community is going to vote on what's the dopest and then they're just going to put it in the game hmm. so it's the first time you ever see this shit like in in a in a game like that like direct interaction with with the developers um, on a constant on a constant scale, like it's it's sick. Like I think a lot of people are going to be into it. Not much has been said about PvP, which pissed a lot of people off. Um, I didn't really care because I'm not much of a PvPer myself, but um, not many people are happy about the mess up. I mean, it was the reveal. Like, get over it. They have, <laughs> to show, they have to show you the main stuff first. Um, they said the game's very focused on um, exploration. Uh, this would be t- it's just so, there's almost too much stuff to talk about, and we barely know anything. Yeah, like this game is huge. It's gonna be huge, huge. Is it gonna be I'm very huge? excited? I'm very excited. So there, there's two MMOs next year that you're gonna want to keep your eyes on because let's let's face it, World of Warcraft's getting old. Right. All right. So I'm not saying that these games are guaranteed to destroy World of Warcraft, but they're definitely gonna be something different on the horizon. Um, and both of them are offering different stuff. So you have EverQuest Next, and you have um, uh, Elder Scrolls Online. So those two are gonna are gonna really be like, who's gonna win? You know, the hype yeah. currently is is leaning more towards uh, Elder Scrolls, but I think that's because the younger crowd doesn't really know about EverQuest too much. I mean, they know about it, but they never experienced the f- game-changing event that was EverQuest yeah. when it came out and, and stuff like that. And it was... um I was an Ultima Online player myself. Keeping it a real gangster. <laughs> you know, but uh, the... um I think that... I really do think that they if they do it right, they can change the game again. Like, they can really... He even said it in the thing. He goes, it's time for um, the developers of EverQuest to lead the way again. You know, like, kind of like bitches yeah you know, and i would love for a dope everquest game to be out so what do you think since i just kind of rambled on about it no it sounds pretty cool i mean if it if it holds up to you know the promises i guess mm-hmm. you know it, it sounds like it should be pretty fucking badass but again it's this is just all the the build-up mm-hmm. you know much like uh you know what we had with like the Xbox and the PlayStation, you know, it's it's just the buildup at this point. We don't know much else beyond that. But uh, yeah, I mean, like you've always said, you know that, and I'm not a WoW player, but you know you are, and you know everybody, everybody in the world plays WoW, and I don't believe that WoW can have that continuous falling where it's still just epically amazing and people, you know, keep playing the same thing with expansion packs few and far between now granted the original everquest is still going mm-hmm. it recently went free to play that game came out in 99 but see the thing is that it's just a hardcore base that still plays that and they've had countless expansion packs 
like countless. Blizzard doesn't do that. Like they've only had four. The game's out two thousand four. They've only had four expansion packs in the entire time that's been out. Yeah, that's not. You're not releasing content fast enough. Yeah. For people, because the, these hardcore MMO players, man, they'll burn through an expansion pack in a week. Yeah. Well, I mean, right now, what was the last one? I mean, it was what was it? Um, Kung Fu Panda was the last one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and that was Mr. shit. Mario. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I'm not a WoW player anymore. Yeah. But see, the, this is the thing, especially about content, is I think that Sony Entertainment is really trying to address that problem of we run out of content that people get stagnant they don't want to play because that would happen with world of warcraft like everyone would get burnt out and then a new expansion would come out and everyone would come back and then they'd beat that and then they'd leave again so by opening it up for the community to make things and make their own their own content and stuff like that if it jumps off and if they do it right you could have an endless stream of content in that game. Will it all be perfect? No, no of course not. not. But 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 by opening it up, you're going to have some hardcore gamers, just people that really love the genre and love the game. They're going to make some quality shit. Yeah. You know, so it's it's something it's it's something that um Bethesda does with Skyrim through yeah. mods. I mean, it, Skyrim's still going strong just because of mods. You know, people make whole new cities and and quests and all types of shit. You know, that's dope. Yeah. So, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, that's that sounds... I mean, that'll be pretty interesting. I signed up for the beta, but I never get into betas because everybody's a bitch. <laughs> well, you so, never know. Maybe maybe this time you will. And then I'm going to be like, I can't do anything for the website. I'm busy. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, really quickly, before we move into any further one, um, I wanted to make these two quick little... Tidbits. Um, I was just happened to be uh, perusing through Amazon, and right now, and I'm kind of glad I I, I I waited a bit on this. We all know about Batman: The Dark Knight Returns, the, the Blu-rays and DVDs that came out Part One and Part Two. If you d- haven't gotten either one yet, or you got one on DVD and you haven't purchased the Blu-ray. On October 8th, the Deluxe Edition, which will have both on both on one disc, both in one, comes out on October 8th, which is available for available for pre-order on Amazon and is slated for release on October 8th. Um, yeah. yeah, which is good because I I I, I want to get that. I, I was thinking, I was like, you know, I like to get those, even though. Um, the second one didn't feel as strong to me as the first one, even though I know it's mm-hmm. all part of the same one. I still would write to get both of them because you look like an asshole when you just have one and not the other. Well, yeah. Yeah. And um, also, too, if you are like me waiting for the complete seventh series of Doctor Who, waiting for the whole set, not this little hodgepodge bullshit that they keep throwing out at you, the, um, the release date is set on Amazon, according to Amazon, September 24th, 2013, and you can pre-order them now for 60 bucks on um, – on uh on Amazon. So I just happened to come across those and thought, oh that'll be Ooh you know, need to need to spread the word. Ooh baby, I think I love you. Romantic though. <laughs> Alright. On that note we go into comic news. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little while back, there was news about one of the lantern's colors getting destroyed in the latest Green Lantern core story arc. I mean 
you have a ton of Lantern titles as it is, the like Green Lanterns, Green Lantern Corps, the Red Lanterns, and Green Lantern New Guardians, and what whatever have you. But Comic Vine has even pointed out that um, their fleece has its own title. So the major question, even something one of our one of our readers brought up, is what about the Sinestro Corps? However, someone asking about it to Dan Didio got sort of a response and nearly a confirmation about the project that will feature the Sinestro Corps. Via Twitter, Boltzmann38 asked several DC people, including Geoff Johns and Jim Lee, about the possibility of a Sinestro title. Didio was the, was the one with the closest confirmation. It's true, we have one in the works. Many people are hoping for a confirmation of this leading up to last month's San Diego Comic-Con, but it never it never seemed to materialize. However, with the news of one of the Lantern Corps being burnt out, could leave room in the 52 comics a month um, realm for a Sinestro title? While some people pose the bigger question, like, what would the book be about? I propose waiting for the smaller question about an announcement before we start speculating on what the unconfirmed book would be about. And because you and I kind of talked about that last time when you did the when you mentioned about the one of the colors getting knocked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be that star sapphire. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like it's it's just I don't know. That whole though DC's acted weird lately. Like a lot of things are just changing and development teams are moving and. And just whatever. I mean, we were talking about Sinistro ongoing title last week. Where people talk about Sinistro not even being around anymore. Yeah. So who knows? Who yeah. knows what's going to happen? Yeah. I guess it's my turn to read the story that I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be a nice change of pace. Yeah. S- Steve wrote this story, by the way. <laughs> yeah, YOLO. <laughs> yeah, I, I told him. I told him today. I sent him a Facebook message. Hey, uh, I'm stealing your um, your comic story for mine. YOLO. That's all I put. <laughs> um, so with news of the upcoming sequel to Man of Steel will in fact be a Batman slash Superman film, or some online reports are claiming a Batman versus Superman film, ooh, it is still my professional responsibility. Wow. To remind anyone reading this news to take it with a grain of salt. And that's very true. Yeah. When they mentioned at the announcement of the film at the San Diego Comic-Con last month, and they did a dramatic reading from The Dark Knight Returns. They did. It was very dramatic. Yeah. Um, there was a, a preface that it wouldn't be a recreation or a recreation of the story. Recreation? Recreation of the story. <laughs> I, what the fuck? Recreation <laughs> of the story, but a basis. Independent is reporting that Frank Miller... We'll be meeting with Zack Snyder to talk about the potential storyline for the film. Rumor has it that it will begin shooting early next month for a summer 2015 release that was confirmed by the studio. They are also reporting that Miller didn't even know about the announcement prior to the announcement at the con. It makes sense. The studio has been playing this close to the vest after the performance of Men in Steel. But I will be following the story in the future, as will I. And, um... Frank Miller, though, dude. Like, if you have anybody to give creative input, I'm down with Frank Miller. Oh, yeah. Because that, that's the boss right there. It's complete beast mode. Just saying. Yeah. Beast I mean, mode. I mean, yeah, when it's like, shit, I mean, even, like, with some of the, some of my favorite, you know, 
some of my favorite graphic novels are written by the dude. So, yeah, you're definitely going to want some input from him, especially since he has one of the, you know, best fights between Superman and Batman. That's right. So, you know, I, I definitely think that is um, that is a, a good thing for Zack Snyder to do. Yeah. I mean, Zack Snyder, the thing I like about Zack Snyder, and he's done this in the past. He'll talk to other people, yeah. and he'll get creative input. And you know a lot of directors don't do that shit. They get right. jaded, and they're like, no, I'm the one that's making this movie. Yeah. I want to make this. And, and Zack Snyder really kind of does take this stuff seriously, which is cool. You know, like he, Zack Snyder, to me, even if you don't like all of his movies, or even if you had a few that didn't hit, he's always trying to do it from a what-are-my-fans-going-to-want yeah. aspect. And, and I respect that. You know, I respect that from him. He's not like, this is my masterpiece. Everybody else can go fuck themselves if they don't like it. You know, he, he's, he's, he's a good dude. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he's not the kind of guy that you expect to see him staring at himself in a mirror and just like starting getting, you know, he's like getting a partial just by looking at himself. <laughs> you know, I me every morning. <laughs> I wake up. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? You're doing it right now. That's right. <laughs> but like, you know, even though he's not behind comic books like Joss Whedon, or anything like that. He still tries to get people's input and then put it in a story that he would be interested in telling. Right. Because that's really what a director job is, a story that he wants to tell. So if you want to tell, well, I want to tell the coolest Batman versus Superman story, who else are you going to get? dun 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 Batman or Frank Miller. All right, moving on into technology news. Yes, it's technology news. Uh-huh. <laughs> dick. <laughs> you know how I know you're gay? My dick feels good in your ass. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> oh, man. Some, some of you may have heard the rumors of a possible sequel to last year's Tomb Raider that Square Enix called a failure because it didn't produce the same numbers of a Call of Duty or Grand Theft Auto. Nevertheless, the positive response for the game from critics and gamers should be enough reason to give it another go. Square Enix announced that there will be a next-generation sequel to the game as it is in well in development. Quote, 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 quote. Square Enix is in production of a number of next-generation projects, including Final Fantasy XV and... Kingdom Hearts 3, which was announced at this year's E3, and Thief coming in 2014. U.S. Mm -hmm. and Europe Chief Executive Phil Rogers said, I am also excited to reveal that we are well into development on a next-generation Tomb Raider sequel, something you may have heard about recently. Rogers is making reference to an announcement of a comic book that was going to chronicle the events leading up to the game's sequel. The rest of Roger's blog was dedicated to the future strategy of Square Enix. I can categorically say we are not abandoning we're not abandoning core AAA console and PC games, Roger said. We are working hard to improve how we develop our games and how we release them, and I want to explain that in a little more detail. First and foremost, we are a game company, and today we devote most of our time and effort into developing new and rich gameplay experiences, worlds, and characters, he explained. Basically, he's going into the whole process of not abandoning games, still doing those, but at the same time, their ever-growing market it into mobile gameplay. 
right. with iOS and Android. Uh, this couldn't be a more exciting announcement as we here at the Lazy Geeks gave nothing but praise for the game. Adam, myself, and Patrick all played this game and loved it to the core. I am truly happy to see a sequel coming out for this game and hope it holds up to the original reboot. Don't screw this up, Square Enix. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much, you know. I I mean, we, you and me, were just like, the game was fucking ridiculous. Right. And uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It was funny, too, because I was actually talking to someone who hadn't played the game, and I was describing, like, the whole opening of the game, and it made it compelled me, like, oh, I gotta play that game again. I think um, the technology used in that game was amazing. I'm just trying to help you out, because it's technology news. <laughs> Staying a dick. <laughs> da 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 Tomb Raider was an amazing game. Like all 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 sides of society. And you're like, oh, it didn't put up the numbers. Of course it didn't. It doesn't have any multiplayer. Yeah. And I know it does, but it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it, it's a single player title, so a lot of people could have rent it too. Yeah. Love yeah. that game. I know. I mean, I I'm not a single player game. I mean, a multiplayer game anyway. And for me, it's it's no love loss for that, but. See, I'm not a, I don't play multiplayer on consoles. Hmm. I never have. Because when I play an MMO, there's a group of people I can get with that are mature and just play a game and, and aren't fucking retarded. Hmm. You know what I mean? But when you play on a console, they're all retarded. Yeah, that's true. You know, so it's just annoying. But Steve's going to play EverQuest next week when it comes out. I am? So, yeah, it's free to play, so we're going we're gonna to play it. Like all the other games we said we were going to play? Well, hey, who fails on that? So You. You. You, anyway. mis- you mister. Um, I got a life. I got shit to do. <laughs> yeah, play video games. Um, <laughs> speaking of failure, <laughs> oh, there's something strange going on when you look at how Windows Phone 8 is evolving. While it's moving forward, it's not doing it all that quickly. There are still many apps that are available on other phones that aren't on the Windows phones. And the company is using a more draconian approach. Yeah, draconian approach. With their updates and waiting until the beginning of 2014 to give the platform its next major feature set update. If you thought this upset users of these phones the most, then you haven't spoken to the company that puts all its chips on Windows Phone 8, Nokia. Nokia VP of App Development Brian Biniak had a few things to say to Microsoft about how they are choosing to develop their platform and said Nokia is, quote, trying to involve the cultural thinking at Microsoft to say time is of the essence. Mm -hmm. Nokia is releasing new Windows Phone 8 models at a pretty steady rate with their latest, the Nokia Lumia 1020, bringing the Lumia line into a new area of quality. That's the one with the crazy camera on it. Um, while the hardware is improving at a steady rate, the software remains the turtle in the race, and everyone is wondering if it's going to finish the race or not. I was very tired when I wrote this. Um, <laughs> quote even quote Stoke. We are releasing new devices frequently, and for every new device, for every new device, if there is an app that somebody cares about that's not 
that's not there, that's a, a missed opportunity of a sale, says Biniac. Describing Microsoft's focus on its budget and end-of-year targets, Biniac says, waiting until the end of your fiscal year when you need to close your targets doesn't do us any good when I have phones to sell today. Burn! And Microsoft better put some Neil Sporn on that burn, dude. <laughs> did, he, did he drop the mic after he said that? I hope he did. Continuing the quote. It's not just about the hardware. It's about the tools that are on the hardware. You can't sell a phone without the apps. You just can't. Expanding on the lack of apps, Biniac acknowledges that smartphone users won't switch unless relevant apps are available. He calls on Microsoft and Nokia to do more to give people a reason to switch to Windows Phone. Quote, to give you a reason to switch, I need to, yeah, I need to <laughs> make sure the apps that you care about on your device are not only on on our phone, but are better. I also need to provide you unique experiences that you can't get on other devices. Even though Biniac is clearly a little tired of the way things are, he still feels the overall situation is getting better. He says, people will be hard-pressed to say Windows Phone doesn't have this app by the end of 2013. He claims. I highly doubt it. Oh, yeah. As a current... This is me talking now. As a current Nokia Lumia 822 user, I feel Biniac's pain. While the phone is amazingly responsive and fast, it's just, well, boring. Nothing really changes or gets better. It's just there. There are still tons of apps I wish I could use but can't because there's no, there's, they're not available on my phone, and Microsoft doesn't seem to be pushing for these to come over. Sure, some of the heavy, heavier apps are available, but unless you're just a social butterfly, then there is a serious gap in what you want to use on your phone. It's upsetting to say this, but I'll be moving back to Android when my upgrade comes up this, this next time around. By making this choice, it proves Biniac's point. If you don't make, if you don't move quickly to improve your product, then people start leaving for this, for those that will. So, pretty much, I'm proof. I'm I'm proof of his point. Is what I'm trying to say. Is that if you don't if you don't make changes in when you should be making changes, people are gonna leave, and that's me. Because. Yeah. You know, I, I put all my chips on Microsoft. You know, I was like, you know what? I think they're doing big things. I like this phone. I think it's dope. Blah, blah, blah. But they are moving so slow at doing anything. And people tell me, well, you know, it takes time. I'm sorry. It doesn't take that much time. They're making Apple look like they're they're fucking racing, racing around. Right. You know, it's like it doesn't take that much time to, to get apps on your phone. Like Microsoft could easily – put a large team together to create apps to fill the gaps that other people don't have. You know, like, fuck it, just put, just put out apps all the time. You know, and, and most of the apps that are on Windows Phone are just fucking site wrappers anyway. They just, they, they're just pulling a website. Yeah. You know what app I miss? The Steam app. Meh. I used to use that all the time. Yeah. Buying Steam games on the fly. Well, it's always kind of bothered me of, like... Why the hell would you put something out but not – it's like the whole Nintendo thing and, you know, it's like why would you put something out and not try to get as many on there as possible, you know? Yeah. Because there's no there's no need for it. It's just stupid. It doesn't make any sense. Nokia is doing their part. They're coming out with better and better devices at a, at a constant rate, but nobody wants to buy them because the software is weak. Yeah, and I like the fact that he's like, he's he's basically saying, um, I'm doing my job. 
I don't know what you guys yeah. are doing. He's basically saying, you know, I'm not fucking around, but you guys are fucking around. Right. You know, and, and it's it sucks that I kind of feel bad for Nokia because what else is Nokia doing, at least in the United States? Right. What else are they doing? Right. Like I, I know they have other business going on in other parts of the world, but in the United States, it's a rather large cell phone market. They just have Windows phones. That's yeah. it. And nobody is buying them. At, at the store that I work at, we sell cell phones and stuff. And I was talking to the girl over cell phone. She goes, we haven't sold a Windows phone in a little under a year. Not one. Not one. Yeah. yeah because nobody wants it. Yeah. I mean, you got iPhone coming out with a new one pretty much every year. You've got Galaxy running the table on that. Even fucking HTC is putting out new shit. But what, when, what is Windows doing? Fucking, yeah. you know. I mean, it makes <laughs> it's sad to say, but it actually makes BlackBerry look like, oh yeah, we're taking our shit seriously. <laughs> no, my my store sold more Blackberries than it has Windows phones. The new Blackberries, the yeah. Z10s and shit. And you know what? The Z10's not a bad phone. It's just too late. Yeah. You know, but it's not a bad phone. And that and that even proves that it's just. I don't know. It, I don't even know what it proves. It just proves that Microsoft isn't fucking doing something right. Yeah. You know, and they're doing the same shit. That it, it, it's almost like a the same thing that happened with the previous Microsoft phones. Right. Before the whole Windows 8 thing. They were there for a minute. Nobody bought them. And then they left. You know, only a few people got them for business and shit. And that was it. Yep. And BlackBerry it's, beat them at that time, too. Yeah, it kind of seems like basically that... That uh, Microsoft's whole business model is YOLO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, on that note, actually, as we do each and every week, we find a company, person, or entity that does something that se- that simply reeks of douchebaggery, and they become the Lazy Geeks douchebag of the week. Now, this article kind of sounds a little more like I'm taking more shots at Instagram, but in kind of actuality, I'm kind of taking them at both. Um. So. After Nokia bashed Microsoft for its soft support of Windows 8, of uh, Windows Phone 8 devices, it seems that Instagram is showing no love for the device as well. Since Instagram is only used on iOS and Android devices, it has declined development, developing one for Windows. Instance was developed as a third-party application to allow Windows, user, Windows Phone 8 users to use Instagram. In an interview with The Verge, creator of Instance, Daniel Gray, or Gary, sorry, says that Instagram has stopped allowing his app customers to post pictures on their service. According to Gary, Instance reversed-engineered Instagram's private API to allow Windows Phone users to snap pictures and share them on the social networking site. However, Instagram has recently begun, quote, detecting when photos are not uploaded via the official app, Gary told The Verge, and deleted them. He claims that it only takes a few seconds for those pictures to be removed. In an email statement to CNET, an Instagram spokesperson wouldn't comment on Instance, saying only that, quote, we recently made an update to our system that we use to fight spam to prevent um, future attacks and increase security, end quote. Now I can see Instagram's point of view here. This could be a security threat because if someone with malicious intent did the same thing, this would be a problem for Instagram. Uh, not instance. That at the same time, why won't they develop one from uh, Windows Phone 8 remains a mystery. Well, maybe not. They could see it as another failed attempt by Microsoft to do, to and do not wish to waste the resources. Yeah. So. And and it, it, it all it all rings true. Like if 
Microsoft doesn't seem to be putting that much emphasis into their shit, mm-hmm. other than a lot of smoke and mirrors, a lot of dumb talk. So developers see that like, well, what the, you know, why am I, what's my incentive to come over here? Yeah. Which are tiny ass fan base. Basically, developers are like, I can make it, I can make an app for Adam. Yeah. If that's their incentive right now, and it should be enough. But I'm just saying, <laughs> you know. I mean, just, why not? Just, I mean, you know, they're going, oh shit, Adam doesn't have, we should make one strictly just for him. Right. Yeah. I think it makes sense. Yeah. No, it's a logical. It's a it's a logical request, I think. But at the same time, you know, it's it's Microsoft isn't doing enough to lure those people over. And to be honest, I mean, you know, it's fucking Instagram, Facebook. I mean, you know, it, it, they should, you know, be able to do it, but obviously Microsoft isn't doing much of in a way of uh in, giving them a good incentive. You know, technically, I mean, there isn't even Facebook app. Like, the Facebook app is made by Microsoft. Mm. The the official Facebook app that everybody uses on the Microsoft phone, it's made by Microsoft. It's Microsoft Corporation. It's not made by Facebook. So you know, it, makes just, me, it makes me wonder what they're doing over there. Like, what is Microsoft doing that nobody wants to do shit for them? I don't know. And I think it has a lot to do with they've, they've made a platform that's so different that it's hard to – they can't – developers can't just say, okay, here's my – Android or iPhone app, I'm just going to tweak a few things, and now it's on here. Right. Like they, it's it's too difficult to do, so they have to invest a whole lot more time to it. And there isn't enough people with the phone for them to really justify investing all that time and money on it. It sounds like they did what they did, what Microsoft did with the Windows um, phone is what Sony did with the PS3, too proprietary. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's it's um. It just sucks. Yeah. Like because yeah, Apple does that. I mean, Apple's very proprietary, but Apple was the first thing they can get away with that. Right. Because you, you have the super proprietary phone and then the its its chief competitor is the anti proprietary right. in some ways. <laughs> right. You know, so it, it's it makes sense. But you can't have another one jump in and go, Oh hey guys, I'm gonna be super proprietary too. Yeah. Everyone's gonna tell you to go fuck yourself. Right. You know, so whatever, dude. Like you know what? You know what? I know what got bad, and this is really bad. <laughs> if anyone, if anyone has listened to the show or read the site, you you know <laughs> anyone this that's listening to the show, like you right now, the the one person that's listening to this. If you're listening to it right now, no, like I mean, if you've listened to a few in the past, fuck off. <laughs> the this is when it felt really bad. I was at work and I'm I'm looking to see if there was an app on my phone that wasn't, and I was just getting irritated. So I was thinking about some other shit, and I looked over. And my buddy, and he has the iPhone 5. And I was jealous for just a second. Wow. I was like, why can't I have a phone like that? And I went, oh, my God, I need to get a new phone. Because <laughs> now I'm envious of I'm the iPhone. iPhone. Oh. Yeah. That's how bad it is. <laughs> That's how fucking – and I'm not shameful. I'm not shameful at all because the iPhone has way more shit going on for it. Yeah. You know, it has way more apps. And, and we could say apps all day. And, and people like to counter with, it's not all about the apps. It is all about the fucking apps. Yeah. That, that's like saying, um, I can give you, I don't know, what's, what's a good anagram? <laughs> or what's a good analogy for this? Well, <laughs> I, well, prime example. See, the thing is, is that, yes, it is about the apps. Because if you think about it, look at the Nintendo Wii U. Exactly. The system itself is good. It's decent. But if you don't have shit to support it, who's going to fucking go with it? 
or ooh, here's another perfect one. You could buy the nicest TV in the world, mm. but if you don't have anything to watch, right? Then your TV's a piece of shit because yeah. it's worthless. Yeah. You know, and, and that's that's kind of how I feel with <laughs> you, you have I mean, HD TV and rab, and all you get is over the air television. Yeah, What's and like I have, I mean, I have things that I need. That's fine, but the extra shit. You know what I mean? Like I don't have like the Steam app, or or like everybody. And I w- I don't even care because I don't even play this game, and I have no interest in this game at all. But Candy Crush, Candy Crush is like the new Angry Birds right now. Everybody's playing Candy Crush. Right. I can't even download it. Yeah. I didn't even know it existed until I saw someone play. I'm like, what are you playing? They're like, what do you mean? What am I playing? Oh yeah, you have a Windows phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sucks. Like I've become the butt of everybody's joke, and it pisses me the fuck off. And what's sad too is if you've listened to this podcast before and you've listened to some of our older stuff, you know Adam was all excited about this phone. I was. Yeah. And remember when you you were asking me, oh, should I get a Galaxy or should I get a Windows? You know, and I was like, you should get the Galaxy. You're like, nah, you really want. You were all thought about, oh yeah, I can do this, and then the integration, you know, with everything and. And the integration is still pretty dope, but now you can do it on Android and iPhone. Yeah. Like, they, they Microsoft ported it to all the other phones. Assholes. <laughs> There's no exclusivity anymore. But see, the thing is, is I'm not, I don't regret getting a Windows phone, because if I never got one, then I would still be like, how dope would that phone be? Like, for a while, until, like, now, when everybody's complaining about it. I don't know. Right. Dodge, dodge that bullet. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm definitely going to get um, probably the S4. I wanted to get a Nexus, but you can't get it with Verizon. Because mm. a Nexus is a, just a sexy phone, dude. <laughs> That's the phone right there, but whatever. Well, I mean, you could always go with AT&T. Probably not, dude. <laughs> I get a dealer's plan on my Verizon. It's like 40 bucks a month, yeah. so I don't, I'll never leave. Yeah, but then, too, you know, you actually get to make calls with Verizon. Yeah, that too. Wah-wah. Uh, uh, uh. AT&T is actually not that bad in Arizona, but still, I understand your joke. <laughs> they're still worse than Verizon here, but they're not nearly as bad as they were in LA. Oh, God, yeah. And a major market like that, too. You're like, no, it's only Los Angeles. <laughs> you know where else they suck, too, that I've heard? New York. New York, yeah. And San Francisco, I've heard. Yeah, The biggest well, markets. The biggest suck. markets is where they're, they're... It's like, really, guys? I'm sure in Piedmont, North Dakota, they have the best fucking network in the world, but... <laughs> uh, Oshkosh, Wisconsin, you know, they sound... Yeah. They they sound awesome there. Stupid. Uh, I know. A stupid, eh? A stupid way. <laughs> all right. Well, before we head out, we want to remind you to check out our website, thelazygeeks.com, where you can get all sorts of news in the world of geekdom. Also, be sure to subscribe to our Lazy Geeks Network on either iTunes or via the website, where you can get all our podcasting content, including In the Ring, In the Ink, In the Ring, <laughs> In the Ink podcast, Lazy Ring of Death. And the Cinephile Podcast. Like us on Facebook or add us to your circle on Google+. Follow us on Twitter at The Lazy Geeks. Or you can follow me at TLG Stephen Vargas. Or you can follow Adam over there at TLG Adam Riley. The Lazy Geeks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Lazy Geeks team is provided by Kevin McLeod. So be sure to leave a comment because if you do, we just may read it on the podcast. Remember, we're thinking so you don't have to. So until next week, of a peace out, all day.